Hey guys, it's Chris. Uh, quick note before we get into the show. Voting is now open for the Season 3 Recipe Club Awards. You have to sign up to our for our Discord server at MajordomoMedia.com where you will be able to vote on topics like best overall recipe, best comeback, biggest robbery of the season, hint, hint, uh, and, and all sorts of other fun stuff. But you can only do it if you're on our Discord and the awards ballot is open now. So get over there before the finale at the end of November. Welcome to Recipe Club, the podcast where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying. I co-host, I co-host this podcast with David Chang. Hi. <laughs> uh, this is the show where you, the listener, gets to submit a treasured family recipe so that three of America's most... Eligible bachelors. Eligible bachelors. <laughs> Three of America's most ineligible bachelors uh, can screw around with it, change it according to our proprietary wheel of death. This is a little bit of a special episode. This is not. We've been doing a lot of special episodes. A lot. We've we've stacked up the special episodes for the end of the season, um, making them feel they're all still special. But today is special because we have a friend in the studio with us, a recipe club first timer, Malcolm Livingston the second. Yes, thank you for including the second. It's very important. It's royalty. <laughs> you know, I tried to, you know, what was, you know what I had a hard time figuring out? If you, if Dave has, if Dave owns something, we say it's Dave's and he does Dave apostrophe S. Chris, Chris apostrophe S. Do I put the apostrophe S on the, on the Roman numeral two for you? Is that what you do? Yes, you, you must include Malcolm Livingston the second, you know, just it. It just rings off a lot better than just Malcolm Livingston. It, I, it's really ownership of Malcolm Livingston II. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging. I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults with zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Uh, Malcolm is a, a dear friend of ours. We, you, the listener, if you don't know already, probably know him best as the former pastry chef at Noma. But our dude here has one of the most impressive CVs in the game. Yeah, that's all nice. But I think what we want to talk about right now, even before Recipe Club, is this guy went on this l- l- ridiculous, ludicrous uh, hike. Yes, with uh, Mr. Rene Rizzepi, who asked me to join the hike, and I was like, Rene, I don't. I have 30 fucking days in the so, wilderness. 30 so, days. I was like, so what? Three days? 30 days. I was like, 
yeah, man, uh, good luck by yourself. And then I find out that this knucklehead in front of me decided to join. So I was like, ah. So let's, uh, yeah, let's just, uh, this is this is the real, the meat of the matter. So Malcolm, <clears throat> very impressive CV, but I was going to say, you're looking, you're looking more thin. You're looking, you're looking fit. You're looking spiritually centered since we last saw yes. you. Because like Dave just said, you did the Camino de Santiago. The vision quest. The vision quest. How many miles? 500 miles. 500 miles from where to, like, to Galicia? Yeah, we walked uh, from San Sebastian to Santiago de Compostela to see the amazing church in Santiago. It was 500 miles. First day of the hike, I sprained my ankle. <laughs> day four, I went to the hospital. Uh, but by day eight, I was back at it. You know, like, honestly, it was one of the crazy experiences that I've ever done. Like, literally. I mean, I would equate it to probably, like, entering into the restaurant industry, you're fresh and it's like that adrenaline and you're just doing the same thing every day, day out, punishing yourself. Um, and I haven't like really felt like that in a long time since like I kind of left the restaurant industry. And I felt, actually Renee, when I was in Kyoto, I had joined Renee and the team for Noma Kyoto and we were hiking a bit out there and he's like, Malcolm, you need to come with me to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody that knows Renee... It's like That's when you get when you get summoned, it's like, oh shit. Like <laughs> I do need to go. I do need to go. So like first thing naturally, like I talked to my wife, I'm like, babe, Renee asked me to go hike in Spain for a month. She's like, What? I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know it's crazy, but I'm gonna do it. And she's like, All right, all right, just make as much food as you can and pack the freezer as, <laughs> as much as you can. <laughs> so like I'm packing everything down in the freezer for her to cook, almost like if Ellie's still a baby. Uh, just to make her life easier. But um, yeah, I went 27 days. Uh, it was insane. I, most of the hike, even though I went with Renee, I walked by myself because he's insanely fast. Uh, but he's got short legs. Yeah, but it, I, it's that. Low, bottom, low center of gravity? But he, but he took on, so Renee, we all know, like took on this like crazy personal fitness thing a few yeah. years ago and has just like been training goggins. super hard and like he's taking on these like extreme hikes as like because he's trying things. to change for uh, american ninja warrior <laughs> he wants to be <laughs> he wants to be danish ninja warrior or macedonian macedonian danish macedonian ninja warrior here's the thing oh, there's so much to unpack here we saw you in the studio like a week or two before this and I asked how much you've been training for this because renee said you need to start hiking you need to walk 10 kilometers a day how much training did you do? How much preparation physically before you got out there? I actually did more food prep, like figuring out where I want to eat and like actually what well done. kind of food can I Bravo. eat on the trip to like power me through. But the actual training, I didn't walk at all. I mean, I, I walked on the treadmill. I did like little two-mile hikes, nothing with a backpack. Um, and I did some strength training. But I think that's why I sprained my ankle because I wasn't used to the backpack. My bag was way too heavy. And then also I learned I have weak ankles. So I had some shoes. <laughs> it's a journey of self-discovery, man. I got weak ankles. Shoes, low-top shoes did not do me justice. I mean, I felt like a sack of shit. Just <laughs> like, and then Renee just turns on. He's like, chef. <laughs> <laughs> you took yeah. a tumble and yeah. he like just looked back and you were, oh man, I was that's just going down. And this was literally 20 minutes before the hike was over, we were coming down a cliff, just like well, like a oh hill. no, and he's just looking back, just thinking, "What yeah. have I done? Who did I invite on this thing?" He said I was the best companion 
for a hike. That yeah, made so, okay, me feel you, very You hiked well, a lot, but good. you know, Dave was asking as we were out there uh, getting ready to come in here. A lot of a, like a lot of one-on-one deep conversation time. Are you just sitting around talking about life? Lots of one-on-ones. Uh, lots of in-depth thought, leadership, uh, sort of like encouragement. You know the way Renee. I, I feel like when Renee talks to you, it's like almost like if like you know like a wizard is like summoning you or something. He's just so like methodic on how he talks. So yeah, I felt very good. It worked. It does have kind of like big wizard energy. Gandalf the Grey. <laughs> yeah. Gandalf the, Gandalf the brunette. Uh, what did you pack in your freezer for the family before you set out? Uh, lots of like sofrito, which is just, you know, obviously the base for Spanish cooking. Uh, my mom is from the Caribbean, Barbados, but she made, and we have some people in our family from Puerto Rico and Dominican, but she made a lot of that. Uh, that's like the basis for any of our sauces that we cooked in the house. Dashis, um, lots of dumplings. Like my daughter loves gyoza. So, you know, lots of gyozas that just pack. I mean, I'm a pastry chef, so the freezer is my best friend. Like I've literally learned that from Alex Dupac. We used to kind of sandbag. Is, is there any greater <laughs> sandbag master? no. Stupak is the sandbag master. I've just marveled from a distance <laughs> for years. What, like, give us a taste of what the, the Stupak school of sandbagging will have you do. What does that mean Alex to Alex Stupak, the chef of Empeon and Misha, one of the great, great chefs we've ever produced, highly underrated. Um, and quite frankly, the food media is too fucking stupid to appreciate all of his things that, all the things he's done. Stupocalypse. Stupocalypse is right. <laughs> Anyway, so what does what does a sandbagging trick look like? Uh, I'll just say this: hard prep, easy plate up. So what that means? That's like WD fifty staple. Um, you know, you work at well, you work in the dungeon of Alex Tupac, which is downstairs in the craziest laboratory ever. But yeah, hard prep meaning like you work like crazy on perfecting this technique. You make it beautiful, and you just store it in a way. That is so gratifying in boxes and boxes and boxes, well wrapped, well covered. Make sure there's no air into it. But it's just like you stock up that freezer, whether it's ice cream bases, sauces, whatever, cryovact. And literally, when you have a 150 cover service and you're just slinging desserts, you're like, oh, my God, we only got like 10 left. No, we don't. We got like 150 in the freezer. What are you talking about? Like, we're just ready for war. So that was the methodology of sandbagging. My favorite <laughs> Stupak moment is I can't remember what it was, but Wiley, when WDVD was open, was like he had me walk into the go in the walk in for something, <laughs> right? And I walked in because I was I had to eat there a lot as like a diner, and I, I was like in the walk in for whatever reason. I looked to my right and I was like, that tire, fucking metro shelving is full of plates," and I was like, "That's so weird." It's like eleven thirty. It's like late, like at night, no more covers. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And there's like, I don't know, there's like 60 fucking plates, maybe more. Maybe there's another fucking walk-in of plates too. I don't even know. And I go back and I and I, I talk to Stu back later. I'm like, yo, did you just fucking invent a way of sandbagging? It was a fucking foam. It was a foam thing. All that was missing was the central component, which I don't remember. I'm like, are you sandbagging foam? <laughs> like, literally, did you invent like, a way to fucking make foam so stable 
And you just sit there. And, and to sit there overnight till the next day. And he's like, yeah. And he walked away. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, actually, I I vaguely remember this story because it's there was a time he was doing that. But also, I remember the foam thing because at that time, we had like a bunch of just like crazy food scientists coming in because like Wiley was always making stuff. And I remember this one incident, we had this foam, this like ingredient called Myvitex, I think it was called. Hmm. So it was like a heat-stable foam. And we were making like argan oil, olive oil foams that could sit on hot plates for literally like 30 minutes and they would not slack out. And it tasted like a marshmallow. It was just crazy. Like I, So then, yeah, I, I, I kind of vaguely remember that situation. He, he, he played it 24 <laughs> hours in advance. Oh, my God. And I was like, you are the darkest art master of this shit. The and still fresh. Yeah. Still, it still tastes good. Still delicious. Yeah. But no one ever even comes close. Does that make service actually... Pretty, I mean, you said work, prep hard, easy service. Like pickup is pretty easy then. Yes, because I think, I mean, I think that met- methodology works well, especially in New York City. But any restaurant, like you make something that looks like it took forever, which it did. But then the plate up is super easy because I think at that time period, like everyone was doing gels or dots, whatever, just trying to make the plate look so crazy. But Alex was just like, we got to do more with less. And Let's make the service better because we had also three course, five course dessert tasting a la carte before we actually went to the all tasting menu only restaurant. So that was a lot. The other thing that you are becoming extremely well known for in our office, maybe not yet with the broader public yet. This is a Dave Stradamus. This is a taken from the DC show. This is my prediction. This thing that Chris Yang is about to talk about. Is going to, is going, how should I give it a comp? It's going to change your dessert game and you're going to read about it. You're going to read about it because there'll probably be poor imitators of it. Mm-hmm. And then like places like Goop and all these other fucking influencers are going to start writing about it and how fucking sick it is. And you're going to hear it first. This is the day that you heard what Chris is about to say about what Malcolm's working on. It was this is the day that we let it be known to you that you can go back in time to this fucking podcast that we told you fucking so. It'll be a trend piece in a year from now, <clears throat> mark our words. <clears throat> August novelties. Yeah. Our, our <laughs> freezer is stocked with, We've. I mean, you brought them in for some events just for us to taste. Ice cream bars. Let me paint a picture. <laughs> Dave and I are standing around the kitchen counter one day after shooting or recording or, or working. And, you know, it's treat time. It's time to have a little treat. Dave is unwrapping the uh, cookies and cream uh, ice cream bar and losing his goddamn mind because of the low calorie count with this thing. Yes. He's like, he's there's nobody watching. It's just him and me. And he's just being like, how many calories is this thing? Like 180 calories? Like that? That, the cookies and cream is 180. Yep. 180 calories. And he's like, a tough bar is 900 calories. <laughs> I can, he, and he goes, I need two of these right now, and I won't feel bad about it. So he unwraps another one. They are yeah, vegan, gluten-free, nut-free ice cream bars. They're extraordinary delish, extraordinarily delicious and kind of ridiculously light in that way. The strawberry one is even less. The strawberries and cream is... Yeah, strawberry is 130. It's like a juice. Like... All right. So... <laughs> What is your why, why? What is your why? Why and how? 
Um, so the why I decided to start August Novelties is, <clears throat> I mean, like for the longest time, I've always wanted to do ice cream, whether it was working in restaurants or even after restaurants. And I felt like that was like my strongest uh, Achilles heel to like my kind of way I cook. I felt like I make an amazing ice cream. And, um, you know, after uh, looking through, you know, what everyone was doing, you know, because I felt like I was doing something interesting, but I never had a shop. You know, I never had a, a product in the market. So I was just doing stuff on social. But then I started seeing other brands like kind of doing something. I'm like, man, are they like, watching and i was like fuck man i gotta get this thing out and then last year i just said f it i'm gonna just do it so i just put it out there and um the reason for doing a non-dairy non-gluten um and non-nut ice cream was because again like kind of thinking back to that methodology of doing more with less i wanted to see if it was possible like i really wanted to put myself in a box and see like yo can i do this and i stumbled upon an ingredient called tiger nut and I was blown away by it. No one was really using it. It wasn't like, tasted like coconut, which is usually you kind of hear like, oh, this ice cream's great, but it tastes like coconut. I don't like coconut. Then it was like my daughter, like she's another person. She doesn't really like coconut. So I was like, oh, fuck. So then the whole thing with the nut allergy, I remember I was serving an ice cream and I had nuts in it. And this kid like was like, oh, I'm allergic to nuts. And I was like, man, we got to do something different. Like I want to just like take everything across the board. So just went hard like every day working on this base and I found something that I really liked and I just went super nostalgic like if you look at uh you know on the Neapolitan style ice cream strawberry chocolate and vanilla so that was kind of our three flavors to start with strawberry using uh, strawberry vanilla using Harry's berries that's like the designer berry of California um if you don't know about it and I don't know how they've been around for years but they're just like it's going crazy. And then you got uh, cookies and cream, which it's almost like it's a textural issue. It's kind of like if you had an Oreo dipped inside of milk and it's like chewy and chocolatey. And then the inside is like the fluff. And then the last one is tortilla chocolate, which is my favorite. It's kind of my homage to like the haagen crispy almond bar, but it's tortillas and it's no nuts and it's gluten-free. And that kind of uh, inception came from a trip to uh, Yucatan with Renee, uh, we were staying in um, Hacienda. We went to Mexico City and had this amazing chocolate. And I was just like, wow, why isn't nobody dipping tortillas in chocolate? It is mind blowing. Hmm. So I brought that back and there you have it. That's the fleet to start with. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> and it's uh, locale enough where this is the highest compliment I can give. <laughs> to like one, like say chocolate dove bar that's probably 800 calories, you may actually think about eating seven <laughs> August bars to one Dove bar, right? Like, that's how good they are. Damn. Yeah. I would choose it over the Dove bar, even calorie count notwithstanding. <clears throat> it, it, it's, it's legit good. Uh, can, we can, do- I, can I just say that? I, I Actually, making this, I didn't even have calories in mind. I literally was like, I want to make something delicious and craveable. And I just so happened to land on that. And I was like, oh, Wow, by the way, we did that too. And for but, a kid that has a yeah. bunch of dietary restrictions, um, it's a it's a game changer. And that's the thing, is like it's the same thing when developing a menu. If something happens to be vegan, I'm not making it because it's vegan. It's just your first priority is delicious. Yeah, it just is that's the way it it is because 
that's all that matters. It just is, yeah. It just so happens. We're not highlighting it as such. Yeah. And it's a fucking delicious product, and that's all that matters. So can we do a really last thing on this on, on the ice cream bars and, and you know pertinent to, to recipe club and, and food discussion and everything here? You guys, I heard you guys talking a little bit out in the lobby about how they're not that sweet, but something like the you make up for it in a way with the texture. What do you what do you sort of mean by that when you're thinking about a dessert that's like we complain all the time, actually, Dave and I, about like the Asian mantra of it's not too sweet has to be the first thing you say about a dessert. But you were saying something interesting about like how the texture almost like compensates or it's like it's a textural thing more than it's about being sweet. Yeah. I mean, not to give away too much <laughs> technique. I don't want to gatekeep either. <laughs> but like, you know, I think like sugar is an interesting product because, um, you know, there's obviously different forms of sucrose and different forms of sugar. But what I like to do is almost use cane sugar as a seasoning like salt like mm. you don't necessarily need to inhibit crystallization using cane sugar you can use liquid or um you can use syrup based uh sweeteners such as you know glucose tapioca brown syrup but all of those um sweeteners have different tastes so as long as you're reading your bricks properly you can kind of manipulate how sweet something is by playing with the sucrose and also the fat in the ice cream. And technically, because mine is a non-dairy product, I don't, I can't necessarily call it ice cream. So my fat percentage doesn't need to be, you know, over 18% to call it ice. It could be whatever I want it to be. I could basically do what I want and people will treat this like this is ice cream, even though my formulations are a lot different than the average commercialized ice cream. Uh, so I think we've uh, properly established Malcolm's <laughs> pastry and cooking chops here. We brought Malcolm in here for, this is a, a holiday episode. This is, this is going to air just before we get into Thanksgiving. And we asked Malcolm to give us a, a holiday-themed recipe. This is not an audience-sourced <laughs> recipe. This is a Malcolm-sourced <laughs> recipe. And you came back with... Your version of sweet potato pie. Absolutely. Sweet potato pie, dear to the heart. I mean, both sides of my family, uh, my aunt, Monique, on my mom's side. And of course, like, if you've done your research about me or read any story, I've always bigged up my paternal aunt, Aunt Alice. She's my first memory of a dessert. And honestly, she's just top-notch killer with the sweet potato pie. And... I can't think of any other holiday without having it. So I literally didn't know their recipes. So, and I was like, you know what? I, can, I feel like I can make a version that is just like crazy, but then also honor them in a certain way. Ain't no way your grandma was using one point, you know, five <laughs> grams of agar agar. <laughs> no yeah. way. Definitely not. If she was, she, she came from the future. <laughs> <laughs> She's a time traveler, man. That's why you admire her so much. You get 187 million results if you Google sweet potato pie recipe. I, I, I'm going to say this about myself. I won't speak for Dave here. I, I'm not an expert on sweet potato pie or its northern cousin, the pumpkin pie. It's not a personal favorite. I think we know where Dave stands on the pumpkin. So I'm going to ask you, what what makes a good sweet potato pie? Out of those 187 million results, what are you actually looking for, you, Malcolm? Yeah, subjective. You know, for me, I think what makes a delicious sweet potato pie is like 
definitely tasting spices, good roast on the sweet potato, texture. I hate a lot of sweet potatoes because texturally I think they suck. Like either it's mealy, they have strings in them, or it's like, what? Why did you make it so sweet? Why did you put marshmallow on it? Like just weird stuff. And I think like the crust is like really important. So like this recipe actually uses a ready-made crust. And the reason why I did that, some people be like, what, you didn't make your own graham cracker crust? No, I didn't actually. I decided to revolutionize the sweet potato filling, focus on that so you go crazy and then you're like, I can do this too. Yes, that's what I want. Something, we'll get to this later, but like something cool happens when you bake that ready-made crust though too. It becomes way better than just when you just throw some ice cream in there or whatever, but we'll get to that. Uh, I will say this. I, like I said, I'm not generally a fan of sweet potato pie, but it's actually a dish that makes sense to me as to why they serve it at Thanksgiving. Like Dave and I complain all the time about why you eat, what do we complain about? The Easter, Easter makes no sense. Why do you right. eat ham on Easter? Why do you eat certain foods yep. on these holidays? But sweet potatoes in America makes sense, right? You have George Washington Carver, one of the most important agricultural scientists in, in history, was trying to help the poor farmer by diversifying the crops they grew. Sweet potatoes, peanuts, these were the focus of, of his efforts. He, made, he popularized sweet potato and peanut and the various uses of them. Obviously, there's a. It goes back to uh, our history of slavery yep. and the, the tastes of the big house wanting the slaves to make sweet potato. Mm-hmm. Sweet potato pie was. It became a staple in African American communities because originally they were forced to make it for the white slaveholders, right? And now it has been sort of taken taken root as its as its own thing, right? So, man, regardless of how I feel about it, generally. And I did like this sweet potato pie. Like, at least it's a dessert that makes sense on the table. Mm. It's like part of our history, right? Yeah. So that I will give it that. Say a piece. Say, give me the Dave. Never Chen. had. I will tell you the truth. I never had sweet potato pie in my life. Interesting. Um, and I think mainly, and I talk about it when I was making the recipe. I don't have a, an affinity for sweet potato mainly because it's something that my my uh, my grandparents, particularly my mom's mom, would eat all the time. Potatoes mm-hmm. were life, for particularly in Korea and in Korean, in Asian culture, particularly in Korean culture, kogomai um, is the name. Like they, sweet potato is like they roast it by the fire, and you're just eating it like it's candy. That's mm-hmm. like dessert. It's everywhere. It's almost omnipresent. And I just never wanted that. I wanted real candy <laughs> growing up. <laughs> so I- like. Even if my parents served the sweet potato pie, I would have probably avoided it. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because as I was reading about this a little bit, that was like the, just the roasted sweet potato in the embers of a fire was like the first sweet potato dessert, you know, in 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 like the the plantations and everything too. It's like that's the sweet potato. I think takes off because it's dessert if you just roast it. Absolutely right, like a good sweet potato. Yes. Um. So I'm, usually this is the point where I describe <laughs> the recipe, but. Being as I don't know what I'm talking about, and this is your recipe, why don't you run us through your development process for this, how you make this sweet potato pie, all the details of uh, your version of it. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the delicious dish. Um, Yeah, so you start off by getting a very large uh, sweet potato. You want, I, I have to emphasize that you want a fatty. You want like a nice plump <laughs> sweet potato. You don't want like it's my nickname. This just is like sounding crazy, but yeah, like you don't want like a slender one because ironically, 
I've come to find out that the thinner sweet potatoes actually are sweeter. The larger ones have more starch in them. So for this particular mm. recipe, you want the larger ones because you want the pie to set properly. So even even the same weight, you still want like a big fat bulbous one more than you yeah. want a long yeah, tubular I, one. I don't know. It, it's really weird. I don't know the the scientific composition of this, but this is just by trial and error. <laughs> That, that is science, a man. lot of the uh, larger sweet potatoes generally have a little bit more starch in them. And when I've used like the thinner ones, the, the pie has always been overly sweet. It's like always like a little bit off. Um, so get a fatty. Get a fatty, right? Roast it off. Um, once it's roasted, I roast them in a high temperature, 450 degrees for about an hour. Um, you'll start to see, you know, the skin pull back. Uh, you'll even see some of the uh, juices from the sweet potato start to caramelize and leach out. Pull out of the oven, let it rest till it's like a temperature that you can handle. Peel off the skin, and you're gonna put that inside of a food processor, and you blend that to like a smooth puree. Um, and then I have some other ingredients. I have like some oat milk, or you can use whatever milk of your choice. I like oat again. Starch, starch is key here, so you want that. Um, I use agar, agar, telephone brand agar, and I uh, pour that into some milk, um, cold milk, cold oat milk, and um, bring that up to a boil uh, to hydrate the agar. And agar, just a little brief on agar. I mean, obviously people know how to use it, but I feel like some people use uh, they it. They don't. That's not I feel true. like a lot of people use it the wrong way. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll tell you why, because like, Maybe some people have heard, oh, you should boil a liquid and then you dump in your agar and you whisk vig- vigorously until you know it comes up to a boil. No, that's kind of wrong because uh, agar actually sets around like in the high 90s, like 96, um, but it also hydrates at boiling temperature. So what happens is you get this like particulate of agar that's like not properly disperse in your liquid and it almost looks like pimples or like freckles like if you were to like take an agar gel and smear it on a table you'd see these little dots and that's even though your gel set it's like your agar wasn't properly dispersed and those are one of the things that like i really learned at wd-50 like wiley was just such a magician and such a uh obsessed freak with gums and he made that a point to teach everyone about that and um, you really learn how to properly use these things, like use these hydrocolloids or these these emulsifiers and things like that, because you want to lock up water. But anyway, that's how you properly hydrate agar. You you want to put it into a liquid that's cold, such as water or another liquid, depending on the viscosity. Whisk it, bring it up to a boil, let it boil, boil it again, so it's properly hydrated. Um, so once that happens, uh, we pour that inside of a food processor. We blend it with some cane sugar, uh, some cornstarch, and also spices. The spices that I use for the recipe are cinnamon, ginger, and nutmeg. And they're all kind of just like little tinks here and there. Like I don't want like a pumpkin spice sweet potato pie. Like I want to taste sweet potato, but then also have some accents Mm -hmm. of these, you know, warming spices. And uh, then we finish with some cubes of non-dairy butter. Uh, there's some vanilla extract and salt in there. And then you pour this into a pre-made uh, crust, like a ready-baked crust that you can buy at any grocery store. Um, 
And the reason, like I said before, the reason why I did that is because I think I've done something really unique with the filling. And um, yeah, you could take the extra mile to make a graham cracker crust, whatever crust you want. But I think you're spending a lot of time on this recipe. Like it's like two, two and a half hours mm -hmm. to like make it. It's like save yourself the trouble and just look like a star at your party. Like, oh my God, did you make It's like, no one's going to say the crust is so amazing. It's like, they're going to focus on the sweet potato. And they're they're going to think like, man, the crust is a great vessel for this. Like, I don't, pies are interesting to me because they're always like, you put this wet ass filling in this dry dough and then it gets soggy. Like once in a while you might hit a pie that's like changes your life. Mm -hmm. That's super flaky, but it's rare. It's super rare. And the graham cracker crust for me, like it's just a vessel. Like it just tastes good. It it's I think it works good. Like, but I'm never like maybe I just haven't had a crazy pie yet that like blew my mind. Cause the top is like sometimes whether it's like a Dutch pie or like a nice pie crust, like the top will be nice, but then the bottom is like soggy bottom. It's a weird thing. It's like why yeah. you know, like we go hard on these pies, like, oh, my God, I have the best pie recipe. Like, it uses tequila and, you know, two-thirds of baking soda and alcohol and that. And then it's like, yo, that shit is not flaky. Like, so. Right. And so just to just to put a point on the on the agar thing. So agar <laughs> is is this kind of, like, jelly that you get from seaweeds. Thermo-reversible gel. I know that agar is definitely one creating those super sharp exquisite cuts that's one thing i hate about pies you make a nice pie and you cut it and it looks like a kid cut it it's like you know like like that tip is just like kind of turned left or right <laughs> it's not sharp you know so that art the agar definitely helps with that but also yeah it creates this unique texture almost like fudge kind of Best way to describe it is like you sink your teeth into a caramel and you get those teeth marks. It's like mm. it's a cross between like set but not set. And it's just enough to like counterbalance with the starch and the sweet potato that you're like, yo, this is different. This is definitely different. I've never had a sweet potato pie like this. Usually it's a lot different than this, you know? Some people might even mistake it for a pumpkin pie because it's very custardy. Mm -hmm. Like it, but there's no eggs in it, there's no custard. So the agar is definitely helping locking up that water um, and bringing it all together. Emulsification, folks. <laughs> but it's also, you know, really uh, accentuating all the starch that's in it, right? Yeah. It's a starchy, <laughs> you know, you're, you, he's just uh, activating or really highlighting all the natural starch in the, hmm. in the, in the, in the farce, right? So um, it was, once I tasted it, I was like, damn, that that's good. And you won't be happy with how I got to that point to taste it, but... <laughs> Um, let's get to that. Um, let's, let's, so. No, but I, I think people may not realize they eat agar agar quite a bit in the, in Asia in Asian cuisine. Yeah, a lot of jellies are are there, and agar is important in that area of the world because it's hot as fuck, <clears throat> right? And and <laughs> thermal irreversible is like it doesn't melt, <clears throat> right? It won't. In fact, that's why most agar applications is too much. It's almost brittle. It tastes like crap. Mm, yeah. I would say almost every pr application I've ever had is actually bad. bad. It was only until like tasting some of the stuff <clears throat> that was invented or really popularized by the great chefs at the time, including Wiley, that I was like, oh, you know, it's a fluid gel. If you add it for here, it's much more of a textural thing. You're not <clears throat> highlighting it just 
for agar because they'll just make jello basically out of something and then it's like you eat it and you're like that's not nice mm -hmm. that doesn't it, it's 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 brittle it doesn't have it looks like jello <laughs> but it's not jello but it goes a little bit to your uh, the sandbagging point you were talking about earlier that what you just said about like Dessert set with agar, a thermo irreversible gel. It in won't a melt. Hot place. It won't melt. When you go to yeah, the dessert stand in Asia, you have all these jellies. Doesn't matter how hot it is, they're not going to collapse into nothingness. Yeah, I'll say it. Probably you eat it, and you're like, oh, that's not good. Because <laughs> uh, guess what? We 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 don't make good desserts in Asia. Um, did I just say that out loud again? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, my my, I guess I can do my. We make good Western versions of desserts. <laughs> That's true. We do. We the Japanese do make a, a good ass French pastry. But um, all right. So let me do mine really briefly then. Then we'll get to Dave's because Dave. We usually start with the closer variation and then go further afield. Yeah. Dave's went further afield. Uh, oh. My assignment. For this, for for doing your sweet potato pie, uh, one of these restrictions is handmade, and so rather than <laughs> rather than buying some pre-made agar agar, I decided to harvest my own form of agar agar. Oh my god! So I happen to have I happen to have our old friend uh, Dr. Ariel Johnson was in the studio with us last week, and I was like, dude, Dr. J, I don't know, I'm supposed to make Malcolm's sweet potato pie with agar agar. What the hell should I do? And she was like, I don't think you should try to harvest agar agar specifically, but you can get carrageenan from sea moss or Irish sea moss. Yep. And she was like, <laughs> Well, know, that's where it comes from. Yes, yes. So I, I guess like uh it's a different species of 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 seaweed gives yep. agar agar and then uh specifically carrageenan comes from Irish sea moss and sea moss. So how many types of carrageenan are there, Christian? Uh I believe there are three. Yes. Yes. You are correct. Oh my god! <laughs> there, seriously, seriously, guys. Lambda. There were kappa infinite numbers. <laughs> like could have said. Pretty widely used. And I said three. Um, she was like, "Find some sea moss." How do you spell carrageenan? C a r r a g e e n a n. Wednesday. Uh, like... <laughs> that I can do. Everything else I cannot, as you will soon hear. So you know, in brief, she was like. Just find some sea moss and and just steep it in your your liquid yep. and get your harvest your carrageenan that way and that'll be your Where'd thing. Where'd you find sea moss? Did you get some air one? Did you get some sea buckthorn? Air one's got everything. So now, here's yeah, the thing: sea moss is sort of in vogue right now. And Noel in our office is the one who apprised me of this. I was like, why Shit can I get crazy. why can I get sea moss at Air One? She was like, oh. Well, it's being currently marketed for various purposes, including anti-inflammatory benefits, lustrousness of hair, and um, how should I say, erectile strength. It's <laughs> like, okay, well, I guess that's why I can find sea moss everywhere. So Erwan had it, this bag of- Not uh, Pangolin brand? Not, not Pangolin <laughs> brand. It was rebranded. It was rebranded. <laughs> Erwan harvested. Air, yeah, exactly. Haley Bieber. Exactly. Approved. Just taken out of one bag and put into a paper bag. Uh, found a little, a bag of very, you know- aromatic sea moss unprocessed like sort of i mean not dried but it was kind of like the dried in the sense it's like the texture of dried squid or something i have no idea what i am doing and so listening to you guys talking about how you know agar your sets and 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 you know locks up water and and david saying about accentuating starches i was just like well somebody smart said throw some of this into a pot with some milk and the oat milk and it'll it'll do its thing so 
Jack. I did this late at night. And I was just like, you know, the recipe calls for 150 uh, grams of, of oat milk. And so I was like, well, I should probably put a little more than that because it's going to, you know, uh, get sopped up by the sea moss. I just took a big fat poffle and <laughs> threw it in there. You literally did the opposite of like. As, I was, as he was describing what is ro- the wrong thing to do, I was like, oh, the worst thing to do. Yes, and you don't want to test this. And if you want to get W. Wiley Dufresne fucking like beat red upset, like, and any of the alumni, because Christina tells you the same way. And especially now you see it on Yahoo, like everybody like, oh, this is how you use uh, this hydrocolloid. This is how you use anthrop. You can buy it at your health store. Just throw some in there. You just throw it in there. (laughs) You just throw shit in there and then you're like, a little bit. (laughs) A little bit. I had no idea. That's exactly. It was not. It was not a bump, man. It was like a Scarface size. Wiley, Christian hates you. (laughs) I just. I had no idea. Look, she's supposed to measure shit out. The difference between me and those TikTokers is like, there's no world in which I was being like, this is how you do this. Can I tell you, of all the years doing Recipe Club, is the only time I've ever measured anything. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know. I know. So you better you better make it accurate. So <laughs> I didn't micro scale. I didn't know what the conversion would be from like a clump of seaweed to like one point five grams of agar agar. So I, I I threw it in like the I just I was the first Neanderthal on the beaches of whatever, just throwing some seaweed into a pot of milk. And uh suffice to say, I turned my back and the time it took me to like turn my back and turn back around, it had just like bloomed. Bloomed into just like a, looked like a living, it looked like it was going to climb out of the pot and kill me. It was just like a blob of gelatinous seaweed that just like, there was no liquid whatsoever. It was just like, whoop, it was like coming for me. I was like, oh God, what have I done? So I did it again. I, I abandoned that. I roasted this, everything else I did, you know, according to directions. I, I roasted the sweet potatoes. I loved your description just of sort of the sugar start to like kind of like ex- pop out of whatever orifice is then caramelize and blacken on the outside. And and I think that was actually the origin of candied yams as they start to look like candy when the, the, the sheen comes on the outside. Anyway, long story, I did it again. I put a much smaller amount of this in there and sort of just like brought it up from cold and was just sort of like pressing against the size as it, oh, first I, I actually soaked it and rinsed it a whole bunch and then I put it in there. And was pressing against to like try to just harvest as much of this as I could. It was starting to kind of dissolve into the 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 liquid as well, um, but you could like clearly see like this je- like this jelly fluid was coming out and like becoming a part of the the oat milk. At which point, once I had like dissolved much of this, I strained the little bits left, measured out my 150 grams, added my vanilla, made the pie as directed. I just prayed to God something was going to happen. I will say this. It definitely set. I don't think I had like the tooth, like the teeth mark uh, amount. I think like I probably should have used a little more of a pawful of, <laughs> of the seaweed. But I was happy. I was, I was annoyed with myself. I had like truly no idea what I was doing. But it felt good to like do this thing where I, there, there's no world in which I would have ever chosen to just try this. And this this ingredient to Dave's point is like in vogue and people are like doing these dumb things. I'm never going to instruct you to say like, you should do it my way. But it was cool to see, oh, this works. Like it's this a, works on some really level. It's really sort of a loose fluid gel, yeah. right? Yeah. Ultimately, the, the filling is like a really light, mm. 
Really light fluid gel. Super silky. Like, and then like the other thing I'm is- I'm sure listeners are like, what the fuck? <laughs> but that's what it is. Yeah. The, you got the trendy one though. You got the, the yeah. Irish moss sweet potato. That's the like, Irish, the fancy people might go crazy for that. You pull up with the, we got the Irish moss sweet potato pot. You what? just, you're able to now charge it <laughs> Yo, 40% pre- more. All right, forget it. Maybe I will go on TikTok and be like, hey, I got the new <laughs> Yo, hot shit Irish moss sweet potato pie. Did you put oh, some you on your face? Did you cover your face in you it? Gotta, you're supposed to. <laughs> Just like it's like skin, whatever, whatever. Uh, I, the only other, the last thing I will say about this, hundred percent with you on the on the pre made graham cracker crust. And I'm I'm used to just like I usually don't bake them right. Like you just like fill them with something that's going to set in the fridge mm-hmm. or whatever. Baking them because you're a low temp bake on this too, mm-hmm. like three twenty five. Like it improves that crust so much because it, it just like slowly browns and it's like just on the cusp. Yep. It's dark brown. It's not black. It's like perfectly, it's perfectly delicious. So that was my experiment. It was a late night experiment after trick-or-treating with the kids. And uh, You made it last night. I made, I made it last night slash five o'clock this morning. Man. Um, so that was, uh, I, I appreciate it, man. The texture is cool. Your skin looks really good. You got a glow. Yeah. And not only that, not that I want to see it, but I bet your erection is fucking fuerte, man. It's very powerful right now. I don't even know what to do with Sorry. it right now. 17-year-old erection, Chris here. <laughs> I'm here to promote CMOS boner pills. Uh, so that was my version. Did it last for four hours? You got, we're, you got we're, still, that. we're still in the four-hour window. I got to call the doctor in another 15 minutes. <laughs> the, the yam glow, young and magnificent. I got, I got that yam glow and I got that CMOS erection. Dave... We give you a variety of, of yeah. restrictions as always. Well, first of all, apologies for what I did. To... <laughs> what you do? I was given 15 minutes. You can't make this in under 15 minutes. <laughs> it's just like not possible. So then they also, like, you do in the microwave. Well, you can't because of the pie crust. Theoretically, I guess you could if I didn't bake the pie crust. Did I stump y'all on this one? No, no, no. Oh, no. Word. You didn't stump I the, was like, they oh, stumped. I, I was given the stump because stu- of the wheel of death. We tried to stump him. <laughs> and then, and then. Dave corrected me immediately. He's like, no, you did <laughs> you not. You did not stump me. <laughs> I cannot be stumped. So I, I don't know. So midway through the fail, right? So, so I can say, um, I thought I, I could put it in the microwave, but I was like, I could imagine the criticism be like, oh, he's cooking everything in the microwave. So I was like, all right. So the difference is I, I peeled the potatoes and um, chopped it up. But what I did was I added the sh- I added sugar, brown sugar, to the potatoes because I was trying to recreate that. I do think that, that getting that sugar in that potato – uh, to that almost brulee state mm. is is important, right? Mm-hmm. Like it has that bitterness that oh, that balances out the extreme sweetness in something, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in sweet potatoes, and that's just something where I see, you know, that's when it's done is when you see the sugar oozing out, and it's not like normal sugar; it's like burnt sugar almost, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. the sign. So I was like, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to recreate that flavor, and if I can't do it in an oven. So I, I I brought it to that temperature and texture of where it it started to get like almost caramel. I almost turned it to a caramel, and and that's the only thing that was like correct about anything else that I've done. <laughs> so a- along the way, I don't know what what came over me, 
because I was like, oh, I can make the pie. I've already lost a 15-minute mark, right? <laughs> already lost a 15 minutes. There's not going to happen. So I was like, all right, um, whatever. I'll, st- I'll now make it as such. I'll do as the recipe intends because now I have the, the, the farce ready to go. By the way, it was delicious. I, I was like, wow, that is shockingly good. And you could almost eat it like a pudding. That's what it was. It's almost like a, it tasted like a Christmas pudding. And I don't think that if you told anybody like what it was, they would have no idea that it was sweet potato. That's what I felt, mm. right? When, when it was all blitzed. It should have just stopped there. <laughs> <laughs> Something came over me. I was possessed by, mm-hmm. by Satan because I took the perfectly fine pie crust and then I added it to a bowl with flour. You crumbled up the pre-made pie yeah, crust into a to bowl To make of it flour. into another crust. <laughs> this is just like... Why? I don't, just, I don't know. And because I wanted to do everything live, right? Like what you see on film is what you get. Like there's no bullshit editing. I really thought oh, maybe I should edit this out. I saw, I knew we had it back. I was like, no, nah, fuck, I'm pot committed now. It's Yo. like, there's no, there's no way. Just, and then I'm looking, I was like, what am I going to do with this? Like, again, I guess there's not enough time to do something like that. I'm like, fuck. Well, I don't even know what I was thinking to put. You had a perfectly yeah. suitable pie crust. But I did. I added flour to it without knowing what I was going to do. I just did that. <laughs> you understand? Like I take the pie crust out, put it in the bowl, and then I added some fucking like a 50-50 mix of AP and bread flour. And once I did that, I realized like it's like I had murdered somebody and I just come to a realization mm, like mm, uh, mm. What, what did I just There's do? There's no taking that yeah, back. There's no taking that back. And I have a really nice feeling. I'm like, fuck, what am I, what do I do? I didn't know what I was going to do. So what I did was, considering the time constraints, I tried to turn it into like a strudel. Whoa. The strudel is the, the, the strudel is the quick pot. Like yeah. a strudel. But like, because I thought like maybe the color and the flavor made it seem like, oh, I could turn this into like a cinnamon bun Ooh. with the graham cracker crust in it. But I didn't have time to... Add any fucking leavening agents. I guess I could have added <laughs> baking powder. <laughs> now, now that I think about it, there's many, there's <laughs> many other ways of yeast. I was like, what the fuck? I'm thinking. That just shows you how little I was thinking about it. What, so what else? Would so I should show? have used yeast. I should have leavened it to some degree, but instead, I made a horrible dough with just water and put it together. Water, flour, bread, uh, and, graham and, cracker. and graham cracker crumbs. Interesting. Graham cracker dumpling. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was. Let me let me let me advise you. There's a reason why this has never been done because <laughs> the graham crackers don't really m- marry well with uh, the wheat flour. Yeah, you t- you literally made a graham cracker dumpling dough. Yeah. I made I made a rock. It was almost like a rock, right? <laughs> like a like a play doh, but like a grainy play doh. That's what it was like. I was like that's the only. And I was like, oh fuck. And you couldn't really. I couldn't work it enough either because mm. the graham cracker made it really difficult to like develop any gl- gluten in it as well. Mm. So it's like, <clears throat> so this is basically garbage. <laughs> I just turned it into fucking garbage. There's nothing I can do with this now. It's like you, you took the statue of David and just broke it into pieces yeah. so you could yeah. create some I cut it new up, thing. You know? yeah. So like uh, what I mean, like there's no way I could develop this into anything at this mm. point. So I... Again, when I decided I was going to make strudel, I didn't even know at the time I was like, I was going to make a strudel. I was just trying to figure out what can I do with this now. How can so I since this? I realized that there's now nothing I can do with this dough, except like maybe like try to sheet it out <laughs> as thin as possible and then 
Like, what could I make? Then, then I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to make some kind of strudel, mm. some kind of bun. <laughs> so, you know, it was like I was like, you know, being, speaking with my ancestors. It just was like. It's coming. In tongues, I just like made this thing without knowing what anything else could do. I smashed that shit out mm. and it looked terrible. It, was, it didn't really spread out at all. <laughs> it, I just like plotched it together like wet sand. You know, okay. Over the cutting board, and I smeared the fucking the filling into it. Oh, you smeared, and then I used a bench scraper to like lift lift it up over, and I could, and then it looked pretty good. Uh huh. It looked pretty good because by the end it had (laughs) enough sort of like density that it would like pick itself off. So this part riddled with holes looked terrible, looked like Freddy Krueger, right? (laughs) The end part. The, the, that finally lifted it out itself over. It's uh-huh. like it actually looked like a like a cinnamon bun. It looked like you meant what you were doing. It looked yeah, like right. I knew what I was doing, and it. I was like, now momentary, I had momentary a uh, moment of, oh, I'm good. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I can rescue this. I think I can land the fucking plane. This is gonna be pretty sick. <laughs> so I reached into the trash and I took the pie can at pie tray out. Oh no, you, you put it back in. Put it back. So then I sliced it. But you can't really slice this because it's like cutting wet sand, right? <laughs> so and then I, I put it into the pie tray and I baked it off. Like cinnamon roll slightly. You like yeah, cut like little, cinnamon little cross sections. So now I'm making there. cinnamon rolls. Okay. Okay. <laughs> in your graham cracker crust tin. Yeah, my graham cracker crust tin. Uh-huh. And then it dawned on me. I was like, you know what? I should just make a frosting, cover this shit up, and it's going to look good. I'll make a fucking frosting. There it is. And it'll look fucking good. It'll look like it. And then I realized like. Well, I've been videotaping this, and I'm just saying we can't edit this. And this is what again, <laughs> most people would do if they were fucking making some bullshit film on social. They would edit it all out like they intended to do. So I was like, well, I can't. Like, how am I, you know? I so got to see like, this. There's no way I can fucking do this now yeah. as a lie. I just have to just say, like, all right, I can't cover this shit up. This is what it is. <laughs> so I baked it, took it out, and it looked terrible. <laughs> it looked really bad. Like incredibly bad, <laughs> I mean, and then and then I took one out and I tasted it. And I'm like, eh, not, it's not awesome. Wasn't the worst thing I've ever made in terms of taste. Visually, one of the worst things I've ever made. Top ten worst things I've ever made visually. Right. But I sort of landed the plane. You know, I'll tell you my experience of it. A C- was... couple passengers got concussions, broke their arms and legs, <laughs> but I landed the fucking plane. No deaths, no deaths. I was downstairs in our our, our studio when mm. when uh, Dave went into the kitchen to go start working on his his sweet potato pie. And I was like, okay, cool. Like Dave's gonna do his fifteen minute sweet potato pie, and I went upstairs to go do some work. Ships in the night. Dave finishes his thing, uh, leaves. I'm coming downstairs for a meeting. The last thing I remember was Dave is making a pie downstairs. And now I'm downstairs for this meeting and Noel is serving our our the people we're meeting with some kind of <laughs> cinnamon roll or something. <laughs> like I was like, wait, what what is that? And she was like, it's Dave's thing. And I was like, Dave was making a pie. <laughs> now it's a now she it's served a, it to be <laughs> oh, now it's a cinnamon roll. And is they're like a cinnamon roll? they were like it was like a. It looked it was like, like a sweet potato cinnamon roll. roll. Was the closest visual analog, but I will say it, one thing against it and one thing in its favor. The thing against it was they were like, "Chris, try some," and my first reaction was, 
did they already chew that? Am I supposed to eat something they already chewed? <laughs> it looks insane looking. And then wow. I was like, okay, I'll eat it. Here's the thing I'll say in its favor. I took one sort of cautious bite. And then over the course of this meeting, I ate the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> I ate all of it. Because I was like, you know what? I don't know what's going on here. And it's interesting that you bring up that you wanted that almost bitterness of like, you know, sugar that's been caramelized or, or whatever. Because I was like, it had a really nice kind of like bitter balance to it. Like that was the the thing about that pie that was, or not pie. What do you want to call it? Um, I don't know. It's going like that. Morning glories. <laughs> morning glory. About Chang's morning glory. That really stood out. So he was unlocking umami. Yeah, exactly. He was unlocking umami in your sweet potato pie. <laughs> so I made her something. I, I made a, a recipe that nobody should ever make. <laughs> well, I think if we combine the thought process, we have something very marketable. We have a burnt sugar or burnt caramel sweet potato pie with Irish moss. Mm. We sell the hell out We'd of that. We sell that. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. And uh, gives you, 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 you long lasting erections. Yeah. Very fertile. Very fertile, virile people. It literally sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> that might be a smoothie, actually. Yeah. So that's a <laughs> smoothie's going to go strong like that. <laughs> Morning glory. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's the that's three variations on a theme. I think big takeaway here is. I think your OG version of this pie everybody should make for their holiday tables or whenever. Um, you know, we've also got a, a a viral sensation on our hands here that we've come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> do you want to do scores? There's no scoring this. This makes no sense. We should still do scores. All right, fine. We'll score it. Somebody's got to win. Someone's got to lose, Malcolm. <laughs> Today in the booth, we have Gabby and Victoria who are going to uh, put their heads together and think about which of these three versions deserves to win. Seems pretty clear to me. Which is second place and which is third place. While they're doing that, I'm just going to briefly say there's one more regular episode of the season before we get to the finale. That's going to be with Priya and John DeBerry. I don't know if you know this, Dave. The entire season comes down to this head-to-head face-off between JDB and Priya. And... If I take second, I will ruin one of their chances. So a lot at stake for the maple syrup episode, which is going to come up soon. Uh, We will have a finale where we're going to give out the season awards. You can vote right now on Discord. All of the the awards ballot is going to be up there. So you're going to vote on a number of categories, and and we're going to have some surprises and trophies and all that stuff, all that good stuff for the finale. And then, Malcolm, you know, I think season four will be right around the corner after that, in which Quattro, where we, uh, I think Dave and I, unbeknownst to you, have have some real designs on dragging your ass into much more of season four. Yo, I'm just gonna say, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. Season Quattro, M Living Two in the building. Oh my God, he's a, he's a natural. All right, Gabby. I think it's pretty easy to. Guess how this is going to play out. Malcolm, you get first place. It seems like you made a really great recipe. I'm going to give second place to Chris's special pie. Well, you never tasted it. I, I plan on eating some when we get back to the studio. But you it tasted seems... my filling. Was that filling not amazing? I did. I, I will I will admit that we did crush a lot. The filling the is filling. only a stop did on the taste, road did, to did the pie. Did you not taste the filling? We're like, wow, that is that, that is fantastic. I was really impressed, but it physically was not a pie. 
Gabby. In an alternate universe, it was a pie. Okay? <laughs> it's like in Spider-Man where like the universes get all jumbled up and stuff and they start to kind of look it's not like, like in, I, It's not like in Spider-Man. Like it, it in is. real life. <laughs> It in is. an alternate universe, it was a pie. It is a real life. So, so I protest. It is a real life <laughs> Spider Verse. Uh, okay, so that'll that will affect the season r- scores in some form or fashion. Uh, but otherwise, like I said, get on the Discord, vote for the awards, make this pie. Look out for August novelties. Yeah. Do you recommend the Camino to other people? No, yeah, I recommend this to everyone. Honestly, Dave, Chris, Gabby, Noel, everyone out there, go do the Camino. It's highly recommended. That will not be not happening. Happen. <laughs> I mean, you could do like some people where they literally go, okay, I've, I've seen people getting off of buses, like literally just do the last, the last 30 miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they're so happy to get the scroll. Can like, I tell you how yeah. I'm going to do it if I do it? Take a helicopter. <laughs> and I can tell you what Renee was fucking doing. <laughs> she was getting some fucking uh, drone dropping off fucking <laughs> stuff because he was so far ahead of you, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to like along the way before like a week before I'm going to plant some kind of like motorbikes <laughs> throughout <laughs> the 500 mile journey, and I'm just be like, "Hey guys, you're gonna Floyd Landis this whole thing." Yeah, I I, I know that you think that uh, we should do it together. I just don't wait up for me. <laughs> <laughs> don't wait up for me, but somehow I'll beat you there. <laughs> they're not gonna. He's not gonna know that I've already been at you know the, the wherever they're staying per night hours in advance. Like, Dave, why aren't you sweating? (laughs) And what I'll do is I'll go to the hotel, work out in the hotel. See, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to cut that part out. I'm going to be the first person to gain weight on the Santiago. (laughs) The Camino de Santiago. That's what it's going to be. Um, All right, Malcolm, thank you so much for joining this episode of Recipe Club. Thank you to our listeners. And uh, make this pie. It's pretty delicious. Yeah, thank you all. At least make the filling. Filling very, very good. Make the filling. Right? Right? (laughs) Gabby, you can take the knife out of my back. 